podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Maurice Cardin, the author of Speaking to Yourself with Love, Transform Your Self-Talk. When you speak to yourself, do you use words of love and kindness? Or does your self-talk sound judgmental and cruel, bringing you down like a leak in a tire? Speaking to Yourself with Love, Transform Your Self-Talk is a roadmap to bringing more compassion, kindness, and love into your life. Learn why self-talk is so important to our relationships, both at home and at work. Discover what a powerful force our self-talk is in charting the direction of our lives. Gain the skills you need to slow down and listen to your self-talk and change your inner conversation. Maurice Cardin is an author, workshop leader, university instructor, and coach. She is dedicated to speaking to herself with love, compassion, and kindness, and to helping others learn to do the same. Her passion for teaching positive and loving self-talk is driven by her desire for everyone to have lives filled with love, health, calm, joy, and fulfillment. For many, self-talk is the key to healing and personal transformation. Maurice is also the author of Self-Talk Love for Fertility, On Your Way to Motherhood. Meet Maurice at selftalklove.com and facebook.com slash selftalklove. Here is the interview with Maurice Carden. In your own words, who is Maurice Carden? Well, uh, she's an author. She's a mother. She's a teacher. She's a meditator. And she's always been a seeker, a seeker of connection with the divine and a seeker of how to transform ourselves and our world. Before we talk about inner voices, self-talk, which is one of the topics in your book, speaking to yourself with love, transform your self-talk. I have these warm-up questions, as I mentioned off record. So the first one for you, Maurice, had to be this one. What is love? Oh, that's a great question. Love for me is something that you feel, but it's also something that you do. So it's an emotion, but it's also a verb. It's how you show up in this world, how you show up for yourself, what you radiate, and what you choose to bring in and to be. The topic of your work, the main topic might be, and it's a huge topic for me, unconditional self-love. 
how possible this really is. Oh, your questions are fantastic. Um, That's a good one. That's one that I've been asking myself over and over again with my work as I delve more and more into what it means to love and what it means to forgive and what it means to try to embody this like divine love, this love that we think of as unconditional. And I think in, in, a, in a human experience, it means to keep forgiving, keep showing up, keep reaching out, keep on your journey, even though things might be difficult, even though you may have questions, even though there may be disappointments along the way and hurt, but that you constantly come back to yourself and reconnect with your true nature. And our true nature is absolute unconditional love. And then it's up to us how we embody that in our lives. So for me, it's just this, the way we live our lives, that's unconditional love, to show up all the time, to be present, to work with ourselves and to really understand that perfection in the human in the human way might be very very different than what we had thought about it there's a commitment to access the knowing that's in us but it takes commitment so true to live it each day it does take a lot of commitment and takes a lot of practice it's a, a choice to be made over and over again that it's going to be with love that we're going to be loved that we're going to reach out to the divine, that we are going to be the very best. And and by best, I just mean being the most loving person that we can at every moment. And that it looks very different on a day-to-day basis. That, yeah, made me think about this idea of life being unrehearsed and maybe the idea of being kind all the time. It might be a concept, might be an idea, belief. It's not essentially what life is all about. Well, I think that um, there's a big difference between kindness and the thought that we have to be good. Mm, right. You know, often for women to this idea that you have to be good. Yeah. You're like a good girl does not say certain things. Right. Or if you want to be loved by others, then you'd better not say your truth or you better not say no. And I think kindness can sometimes look, it can look very abrupt. It can sound, it can say no, because love must say no sometimes. Mm, Yeah. We can be truthful with kindness. We can say no with kindness. That's what my practice has been. That might be, has everything to do with the practice of self-love. The subtitle of your book has the word transform. And just recently, I have been reflecting about the word transform, the word change, and the word shift. Do you see any difference between these words? I think that at, in, at their core, they're all about sort of drifting into a new state of being, um, of becoming, becoming yourself, of, of shedding ways of being like you just talked about that you know, the old beliefs that no longer serve you and the right and your right life. It's about also realizing who you really are. 
So it's kind of like a coming home in a way. So, so in these ways, these words, they're, they're for me about being yourself. You're not in a way becoming anybody else. You're, you're being yourself. The self that, you know, perhaps had false ideas about herself because of what she heard or what she experienced. You came to this understanding yourself, Maurice, of who you were. How did you discover that? Well, I discovered it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a new practice now. And my new practice is to learn with joy Mm. and love. But it was not always the case. And for a long time, it seemed like I would learn through suffering. Like I would learn when I had reached the end of a road and hit a dead end, when there was no other solution but to go inside. Uh, When I had exhausted everything outside me, every distraction, not to have to take a look at my inner life. And so some of these lessons came with pain. Some of them came with patience. Some of them came with study. Many of them came with hours and hours and hours of sitting in in stillness and meditation and in writing. But as I'm getting more interested in who I really am and realizing that I'm a person who has a big joy for life and has a lot of love. And so I want to bring a certain lightness to learning. I want to bring a certain levity and maybe even a bit of humor. Uh, So on one side, I do have a, you know, I I can be very serious and and very earnest. And, um, you know, I can sit in silence for days on end at a silent retreat. But I also have a side that's light. And that's what I want to bring more and more into my self-transformation that I use my humor and my levity and and to look at the lessons in my life and and where I'm going next and what I want to know about myself and life next. So I have a question here about life itself related to purpose. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? What is the purpose of life? I think that life is like school, that we've come here to learn. We've come here to play. We've come here to make relationships and friendships. And we've come to acquire some wisdom. And we try to do that with as much kindness and grace and love as we can. So some of us may be really great at one topic, you know, just like we are in high school. And some of us are great at math and others it's English and others it's PE and everybody has their qualities and everybody has their strengths and, and nobody is above anybody else. It's just different spots and different grades and different classes that appeal to you and, and that you have an affinity for and also a strength for. And really, we've come here to, to do that with joy as well and, and wisdom and to I think we're going to show ourselves, we're going to prove to ourselves that we can actually be in this school in a way that's fair for all, that has equality for all, that has justice for all, that has abundance for all. Um, I think that there's a real awakening coming up and that 
we are really realizing who we really are and the boundless power that we have. When you say we come here to, I'm wondering, where do we come from? Well, if you know, please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I had to ask the question. Our our source and our origin is a great (laughs) mystery. I know that it feels to me like it's a divine intelligence, but what it exactly is and where we exactly come from, I don't know. It's a, I, as you know, I, I find that some of the beauty of my practice is that I'm constantly coming up against mystery, mystery and magic, and also just being in a state where I cannot exactly describe what it is that I feel or that I'm connected to or where I actually come from. What is the meaning of death to you, Maurice? Uh, I see death as uh, a bookend to our life. Like on one side is what we call birth and on the other side is what we call death. And we're really just going from one state of being to another. Um, I think sometimes it can also be a beautiful opportunity for forgiveness and for coming together. I know that when my my father passed away a few years ago, it was, you know, obviously a very difficult experience, but it was also one of the most beautiful experiences of my whole life. I, you know, I had the honor of being with him at the last moments and, you know, there was so much peace and there was so much love and, I could feel that in the days before his death too, that he was experiencing something that was huge and that I could just sit with him as he got more and more, as he was unfolding into this mystery. So I see it as almost as going through a door and continuing with what we call life, but in another way. What do you love most about being a woman? Well, your question's really having me think. Um, there's so many things that I love about being a woman. I mean, I love being a woman so much that I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a man, you know? Like, I can't even see why I would want to be a man, you know? Um, but what I love is a capacity and maybe more ease to bond with other women. That closeness that, you know, I, I, I see that sometimes with men, but it's a lot more rare. And I think mm-hmm. because they're not giving permission to as much. Right. But this closeness that we can have as women, you know, dancing together and hugging and, and also being free to to celebrate our bodies and, and decorate them with jewelry and, and beautiful clothes if we want to and, and any way to express ourselves in any way that we want. Um, I appreciate that very much. I know that it's not always been the case. And as a woman living in the Western world, I love that I have that freedom right now. So that's something that I, that I adore about being a woman. It's just um, being able to bring to life to a sense of, of, of nurturing and of bringing life to life and of having the, 
the the different the cycles and and the flow with nature that expresses itself in my body in a way much stronger than it would in a masculine body. Yeah. I love all of that. And the follow-up question is, what is the most challenging aspect about being a woman from your perspective? I think that something that's challenging about being a woman are the expectations and the underlying kind of judgment that goes towards women who are free in their sexuality, who are free in, in what they say who are free when it comes to their bodies and their beliefs and, um, and the way they want to lead their lives. And I know there's a lot more freedom than before, but I think some of these women that are living in freedom have had to overcome restrictions and judgment and beliefs about a bit of it, like we talked about before, that you know, a good girl does not do certain things. And so this is something that you have to give yourself permission to be a grown woman and permission to grow into yourself and permission to say what you, you think and to be yourself, to just be in the full embodiment of what your soul you know, yearns to do in this life and how you want to create. And that is something that's rarely ever just given to you or assumed. It's something that women come into some power about who they are and they take, they take the right and they take the permission. Do you think this is changing at this time? I think it is changing. I think it is changing. I mean, a lot of our sisters in different places of the world don't have this yet at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, we carry with ourselves ancestral fears of, you know, having been killed for having Nice. had sex mm. out of marriage or having been killed for expressing your opinion or having been killed for walking out of a marriage. And that is something that many of our sisters around the world still have to face today. But in some parts of the world, that's not the case. And we can really be a beacon to other women. A billion times, yes, yeah, to uh, overcoming that fear, that ancestor fear that I've very much know what that is like. Well, it can be really woven together to know what's my fear, what's coming from before, what's coming from my ancestors, you know, what's from my childhood that I may or may not remember, what's from what's happening in the world now. Like, so there's a lot of like almost work, chemistry work that goes into transforming fear for a woman. Um, just so that you can, you know, stand, stand for yourself and stand for our sisters and stand for our children and our planet and really have your voice sound and be your true voice. Thank you for being one of these voices. The resonance of your voice really speaks to me, that kind of freedom And speaking of freedom, this is one of the questions that I ask all my guests. What is freedom to you, Maurice? What is to be free? I've been thinking a lot of freedom recently and, and what, that, what that means. I think from freedom is really the ability to be yourself. 
you know, to have security around being yourself, but also it's this freedom to think that no matter what, I'm true to myself, no matter what, I'm true to love, no matter what, I'm true to my guiding voice and what it tells me is right and what needs to be. There's an incredible freedom that comes from deciding that no matter what happens, no matter what the results are of a certain action, that you are still going to stand by yourself that you're not going to abandon yourself, that you're not going to, even if everyone else turns their back on you, that you are not going to abandon yourself, that you are going to stand for yourself with a certain strength and kindness and a lot of compassion, but that you will always be there. You'll always, always, always be there for yourself. I mean, you may question some of the things that you do. You may need to learn certain things. You may need to forgive. but Basically, you are willing to show up for yourself. And then when you speak about being ourselves, I often think about just speaking the truth the way it comes. I'm wondering if there is a difference between those who are being authentic in a sense that you talk about that's coming from the heart, that deeper understanding that you know the divine in you. I know what you mean. Yeah, I have an aunt who will say insulting <laughs> <laughs> things to you. And she's like, well, I'm just being myself. I'm just telling you what I think. Right. <laughs> so it's always like a bit of a slap in the face. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I think that, first of all, when we communicate with others, it's good to know what our intention is, right? What we are trying to do here what we're trying to get across, like why we were even talking. Is saying anything <laughs> adding to, True. you know, are, are you contributing to uh, making the other person's a better, you know, a better life or a better world with what you're saying? Like, is what is your intention behind what you're saying? Because sometimes silence is really golden. Sometimes it's beautiful. Like, you know, we have reactions to things and you know, to get to know yourself, know thyself and to know when you're reacting to something and maybe it's good to sit on it for a little while and to truly decide what you want to do. And when it's a moment of, of where absolute like clarity is, is going through you and you know that you must speak out at that moment, you must speak out for justice, for kindness, for love. Um, I think that we know the difference in it. When you start to pay attention to yourself and to your inner world, you start to know some of these different emotions and feelings. And, you know, sometimes I'm just really pissed off and I know, and I feel like speaking at that moment just to get something off my chest. And, but when I do, I regret it. And it never is constructive and it never brings love and it never brings me to where I want to go. So um, I think that, it's really important if we can, you know, to like the Dalai Lama says, it's always possible to be kind. And sometimes it's to decide not to say something at that moment and to go sit with it and to really decide why am I triggered? Like what's upsetting me here? What is it that I really want to share? Do I want to share anything at all? Like what, what's needed here? I love the way you talk about being aware of our intentions Whatever we are planning to say, we want to say or do, if it's not adding, it's not improving the lives of others in our own lives. So there's no reason to manifest that. 
Absolutely. And also, I think that one of our big powers, so that's something that really interests me in self-talk and our inner words, because we can really set our intention for things. And I think that we've been led to believe that intentions don't count for anything in this world, that what's important is results. So it didn't matter what your intention was. If it did not get what we call a positive result, you know, it was a mistake. So, you know, we have that, you know, they tell us, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And because it was a stripping of our power, intentions are really powerful. It's really, it's, that's the energy you radiate out from, from inside you to out, you know, is set in an intention. And so they are really the building block of how we interact in a way and what we decide to do. Do you ever use the word God? Yes, I do. I use the word God all the time. God in the sense of the source, divine force, or do you believe in a personal God? Well, I believe in the personal God in the sense that, um, you know, I'm part of God and God loves me. And, and uh, But for me, it's I use the word God meaning like a divine energy, uh, an intelligent love, um, the all in all, like just this, this force, this oneness that unites us all. How did you become a writer, Maurice? You know, I've loved writing since I was very young. And uh, it was always something that, that called to me that I was interested in expressing. I always worked as a writer in some form or another as a journalist and after that in communication. And, and when I was, you know, an academic at university, I did a lot of um, writing, uh, academic writing and wrote a textbook. And But I have to say that it's only in the last uh, since really that I began, began more in earnest this transformational journey that I started using writing as a path to awakening, as a tool to um, figure out first who I was and celebrate who I was and, and uh, write about my connection to God and see what questions I had about life. So more and more my writing, my intention with my writing, to speak of intentions again, is to really, as I uh, awakened more and more, I infuse that in my writing. My writing helps me have more questions. And so it's a, it's a relationship. It's like a, a rela- like a living relationship that I have with writing now. Why did you choose to teach positive and loving self-talk to other people? Well, my whole career has always been in communication. Like I said, as a journalist, then in, in public relations and teaching communication at the university. And so I believe a lot in communication and best practice and what that looks like. And then when I came to a point in my life where there's nothing from the outside that was filling the hole that I had inside. And when I started looking in, it made me really realize that oh my goodness, you know, I, I, the way I speak to other people is so much kinder than the way I speak to myself. And I became very interested in that. First of all, what did that really look like? What were the voices we had inside? And as I began transforming my own voices, I started teaching that to my students. So if I, let's say, was teaching a, a public speaking class and many of the students, that's a big fear a lot of people have. And, you know, I had students crying right out of the room. 
But if I would spend the first few days of the semester really focusing on how they speak to themselves, how they support themselves, what do you say to yourself when you think you haven't done a good job? What do you say to yourself when you're scared, right? What do you say to yourself when you think other people are going to judge you? And I would spend two, three days and we would go over these like best practices of self-talk and how to stand by yourself and how to encourage yourself and how to, to show up as a best friend for yourself. And then the rest of the semester was so different. There was so much joy in that class after and they would share incredible stories with each other. You know, they would go, you know, some of their speeches were on topics like talk to me about a hero in your life. And as they were kinder to themselves, they even were kinder to each other. So you would feel the whole room just support a speaker. And when this, it, and then it just showed to me how some of these, you know, if you want um, self-talk tips are pretty easy to implement and they can make a really big difference in how we show up for ourselves and, and how we are. I'm wondering about the process of transforming these voices. Does it take a long time? we think in terms of time or not really? Well, the first step in the process is having a sense of what's going on, right? So if we talk about self-talk health, the first thing is to look at how we speak to ourselves. So if you think about the fact that we're, you're not any of the voices inside that you have, you know, we have all these voices in house, you know, voices of kindness and, and voices of courage, but we also have voices that are really critical and that can be quite cruel and, you know, and um, for some of us, these voices can be quite unbearable to, to live with. And if you start to think that you're none of those voices, you're the, this eternal being that's inside, you're kind of the witness to them. You hear them, but you're not them. Right. So if you want, you're the conductor and they're all the instruments, all the musicians and your orchestra, but you're the conductor. And so when you realize you're not the voice, you can start hearing them. You can start listening to what they say. And then the first step that I would say would really be to do no harm. So when there's voices that are really critical and cruel, you know, and there's actual like verbal abuse going on inside, the first thing would be to soothe those voices, to stop them. So someone shows up that doesn't let this happen anymore. So you can, in this way, you show up for yourself. So just like it would take a toll on you if you were living with someone who was constantly critical, who was always in your face, who was always saying negative things. You would have to, at one point, if you can, get that courage and, and that self-love to stand up and say, no more. Right. No more. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can do for yourself, right? Um, I know that it, the, my, one of my biggest awakenings was one morning I woke up and, um, and I had been out the night before. Nothing extravagant, but I had been out later at a dinner party and you know, I woke up later than I wanted and I was feeling tired and immediately a voice started on me. You know, what's wrong with you? I can't trust you. You're up late again. The day's shot. You said you'd get up early to do this and this and that. And and I'd probably heard that voice millions of times, but what was different that morning is I actually noticed it. Mm, I actually noticed it and it kind of shocked me. It felt like as if I'd opened my eyes and someone was standing right there. And the first thing they would say, not even a good morning, not even a, 
you know, nice to see you, sunshine, just an immediate barrage of like criticism. And I thought if that was someone else, I would tell them to shut up. I would tell them to, to get out of my room. I would tell them to stop talking to me that way. But I just let myself do it. So that was the first moment. And I asked that voice to stop. I actually told that voice to stop and it did. And that shocked me too. Mm. So one, I could hear the voice. Two, I could have some control over it. So I started to really realize that I have some control over this. There's some choices that I can make. I don't have to let the inner voice just do whatever it wants to do that day. So talk to me for a moment about the, your most recent worksheet title, Our New World Worksheet. Doing this self-talk work, I've been thinking a lot about how my inner words influence not just myself, you know, not just my health and my well-being and my mood and, and my capacity to, to show up as my true self, but my inner words also radiate out of me into the world. So what I say inside radiates out. So there's a certain energy that comes out of me with the words I say inside. And I've been thinking a lot about that and realizing that I wanted to really make sure as much as possible that what I say inside is contributing to making this world a kinder place, a place that's more compassionate, a place that's more gentle. Um, And so I created this worksheet to help other people think about this too. So it has a few questions about what you want to see in this, in the world, how you want the world to be uh, thinking about our power that we have in creating a new world where all of us can live in a way that's um, filled with love and justice and goodness. And so this worksheet um, is a chance for us to reflect on this new world and how we talk to ourselves and how we want to be a chance to set an intention uh, and a chance also to get into the feeling of it, to get into the feeling of what, what it would look like if, if you got to create the world, what would it be like? And what would you be like? And what will your life be like? It can be very empowering to step back and to really think instead of reacting all the time to what we don't want. I don't want this. I don't like seeing this to really spend some time thinking about what do I do want to see? Right. What do I want to create? What do I want it to be like that? Because we get a vote too, right? We all get a vote. What we want it to be like. Visualizing what I want, right? I'm just wondering what the I is, who the I is, who wants what really? I think there's many eyes that have many <laughs> desires. Um, if you, you know, I think that there's our higher self, that we can get in touch with that may have some, some answers for us as to what we've come here to do and what we want to contribute and what we want to set as intentions. So that's part of it too, to, to take a, take a, take a, take some, take a moment, take a little rest, yeah. you know, take a deep breath and give yourself a bit of time and space to really hear what this higher inner eye has to say about this. And I think if we let ourselves be free, you know, to, to breathe and then to just write, just write what comes, just write what comes, just, you know, we can really go deep and, and have a sense of, sometimes we're surprised by what comes out in our writing. You know, we, we, I know that I learn many things by my writing that I didn't know I was thinking or feeling or desiring. 
uh, until I, I see it written down. But it may give us a chance to go deeper than what our everyday self is saying that I want in this new world. You know, like I want a big house in this new world and I want to, you know, <laughs> so um, maybe the higher self can come through a little bit if we take some time to breathe and time to, to touch base with ourselves and to see what it is underneath everything that we really want. And maybe if we do want a big house, that can be fantastic too. But what does that big house represent? Why do we want that big house? What does it mean to us? Does it mean security? Does it mean a, a wonderful place where you can gather many people around you? You know, does it mean a joy, a celebration for achievement? Like, what does it really mean to you when you say you want certain things? So uh, we're almost at the end, but I would love for you to talk to me for a moment about intuition. Intuition is one of the, my most cherished tools. I've always been intuitive my whole life, but in the last years, I really use it as one of my guidance systems. I use it for small things. What do you want to do right now? What do you want to write? Um, who do you want to call back? I use it for bigger things. Uh, what's my life purpose? How do I want to spend my time? I use it for everything now. I really feel that it's um, like eyesight. It's something that's given and that you come into this world and that you have access to and everybody has an intuition. Um, it's there, it, whether it's big or small, when you start off with it, like you can still make it stronger and you can have it become more clear. And as you follow it, you, you start to trust it and it gives you bigger messages and you trust it more and it's clearer. And it, it's something that you kind of play with, that you develop the skill, but it's still there. It's something amazing. It's almost like a, this like, private cell phone number that you have to like your higher self that's there connected to the divine energy and, and you can call at any time. And sometimes there's no answer, but the no answer often means for me right now, there's nothing to be done. Mm. Keep sitting on it, keep listening, keep inquiring, as you said so wisely. And at one point a message does come. So I, I find that wonderful that we come down given this wonderful cell phone number that we can call at any time. <laughs> True. I like the way you say that. It's very childlike. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Do you feel a difference between thoughts and imagination? I'm not sure where the line is. I'm not sure where the line is between imagining and visualizing and having thoughts. I think they're all very powerful energy that can help manifest some things into this world and also contribute to what this energy that we radiate. Um, so I, I, for me, they're very similar. I have a few more questions for you. I call them final questions. Before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Uh, yes, I would like to say, um, when I wrote Speaking to Yourself with Love, I was thinking a lot about all the different voices that we have inside. So I said that we are the witness to them, but some of them are incredible tools that we have that we can, we can nurture them so that they're stronger, so that they're more powerful. So for instance, we have a voice of kindness inside and a voice of courage and a voice of guidance and a voice of calm and a voice of healing and wellness. And maybe some of these voices, they've just been little whispers in your life. 
you know, because other voices, they, they clamor for your attention. They speak so loudly. But it doesn't mean that they're not there. And it doesn't mean that you can't start listening to them more carefully. You can't give them a promotion. You know, we can actually promote a voice <laughs> I you know, like that too. <laughs> and have it close to you so that it becomes a trusted confidant and, that, or, and you can call upon it, you know, yeah. uh, to come and help you and to come and guide you and to come in and help you stand by yourself and to help you um, live your, the, right, the life that's right for you. The voices, yeah, the different kinds of voices. And you mentioned earlier, sense of humor, becoming more playful. That's one of the voices you mentioned too. That's right. That's a wonderful one too. That's, uh, you know, that's one that's just always ready to, to elevate. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Success for me is being satisfied. Satisfied with my work, satisfied with my efforts satisfied with my life. I don't think that it can be defined by any outside measures than, than my own. You know, my life is successful when I am satisfied with it. When I'm, I have joy and it doesn't mean I don't have dreams and, and, and intentions to, to experience other things or to elevate in some ways, but it means that every day it's all right the way I'm showing up. Mm. It's all right that I'm being myself. Two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? I would keep showing up, keep showing up with love, keep opening into the trust, keep um, looking at my fear and what it wants to teach me and uh, going beyond it. I would keep opening my heart. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? I know for sure that I love. I know for sure that I'm loved. And I know for sure that I can trust. Thank you so much for your presence, your authentic presence, your love, your sharing, your wisdom. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, thank you for the healing work that you are giving to us. Thank you. Oh, Valeria, I had such a good time speaking to you and your questions are so wise and thoughtful. And thank you as well for your work and what you're bringing into the world. I can see that it's, there's so much beauty and love in it. Thank you. So my last question is a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? You can visit me at self talklove.com that's selftalklove.com thank you so much again Maurice and we'll talk soon talk soon bye thank you for listening to learn more about Maurice Carden and her work please visit selftalklove.com To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.